Chris, whenever you're ready, you can do your introductions and stuff. All right. And welcome to another episode of your next favorite movie podcast. And today you're probably wondering, where's Josh? But Josh is not here today. So Chad and I are taking over again for another great episode here. Um, So, yeah, I'm Chris and this is my partner. I'm Chad. Chad. (laughs) So uh, today we got a great guest and we're going to be talking a great about a great film. If I can get my words together. Um, I think it's also an underrated film, but we'll get to that more in a little bit. Uh, so how about our guest introduce uh, himself and we'll get on topic about everything. So, yeah. Go ahead, Dominic. Hi, I am Precious D, also known as Dominic. I am the co-host and producer of the podcast Monster Movie Fun Time Go where my best friend Honeybee and I make our way through the history of kaiju movies in chronological order. We started with King Kong in 1933, and this week, let me look at my thing here, we released Deep Rising from 1998. So we're moving along. We're in our third year. We're moving along at a pretty steady clip. And... We're about to embark on our third annual 31 Days of Horror, Sweet. in which I release an episode every day in October, oh, and wow. we open it up to other kinds of uh, monster movies or horror movies. This year, we're doing our Oops All Werewolves edition. <laughs> That's great. Uh, in previous years, we've just done any, any kind of, not even just a monster movie, we've done like the screen movies and and things like that, anything that falls in the broad horror category, oh including gosh. things like uh, Scooby-Doo and Hotel Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you uh, got to have that, some of that in there. Is that a Biolante shirt that you're wearing? <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, okay. This is kind of funny, uh, people, but Josh has gave me a little heads up about Dominic being a Kaiju fan as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm a big Godzilla fan and. Godzilla versus Biolante is my favorite, and yeah. Biolante being also my favorite creature. So, yeah, and I'm representing well, today. my original <laughs> my original idea for the show was a Godzilla podcast, but I realized that wouldn't give me enough episodes, so I decided <laughs> to go start with the whole history of that kind of movie and the things that led up to Godzilla. That is amazing. So, I like we'll that for a while yet. Yeah, have you always? When we uh, run out, then we'll move on to Universal Monsters or something like that. Oh, nice! Yeah, everybody loves Universal Monsters. There's a lot of films in that. (laughs) I'm gonna ask: Have you always been like, like how how long you been a fan of kaiju? Like, did you get into kaiju uh, films like as a child, or like how did you how did you get into being a huge fan of of those kind of stories and films? I don't know exactly when it started. I do. Uh, I probably watched a lot of them on afternoon TV, Saturday and Sunday afternoons. <clears throat> but I do have a memory of being at the drive-in to see some other movie and there being a preview for Godzilla versus Megalon oh, wow. and being very interested in that. But I didn't end up seeing it in the theater. I saw it uh, years later on television. And uh, 
when I started this podcast, I started thinking about, you know, how are you a big kaiju fan? How? <laughs> and uh, as I thought back, I remembered that. Well, yeah, you you've got physical copies of most of these movies on your shelf, and in the two thousands, you were ordering uh, video from japan so that you could see wow, the ones yeah. that have not been released you could watch one of those on your uh, computer that was a format that was big in japan for a while it never caught on here mm. but it was kind of like a dvd but it was a cd and uh, i guess it just used a different video format and you could play it on your computer and oh. i think they had a tendency to be region free like cds are so oh okay uh, so one of the one of the millennium films i think i got that way because it was the only way i could get it <laughs> <laughs> yes so i realized yeah i've just always i've always been into this there's just other things that are a little bit louder right. in my life like uh, superman and, and role-playing games but godzilla's always been there in the background and um now he's very much in the foreground <laughs> <laughs> i think that's amazing sir so i i started out as a kid loving godzilla films and because really my uncle i had an uncle who introduced me and chad actually into it mm -hmm. um so it the love affair i guess you could say just only grew from there yeah. so yeah i feel you <laughs> <laughs> But for some reason, that is not at all what we're talking about today. No, no, definitely not. So if you can, Mr. Dominic, tell us what film are we talking about today? We are talking about 2001's Josie and the Pussycats. Which the best film ever. does not have a kaiju in it, which is hilarious. It does not. It does not, it does not at all. Um. All right. Yeah. So uh, Josie and the Pussycats released April 11th, 2001, and uh, stars uh, Rachel Lee Cook, Tara Reid, Rosario Dawson, Alan Cumming, uh, Missy Pyle, I believe, yep, yep. isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, uh, Parker Posey, yes. a whole yep. list of like recognizable icons from that time. Um, had a yes. budget of uh, 39. Eugene Levy. Eugene, Eugene Levy, yes. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yes, he's in it. Um, yeah, we got a budget of uh, 39 million, um, directed by Harry Alfont, uh, and Deborah Kaplan, who were known for like really interesting movies. Like, I know they were known for like Can't Hardly Wait, which is a great oh, movie. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, they were known for working on a very Brady sequel and the Flintstones Viva Rock Vegas. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, those were like some of their bigger, uh, films. Um, and, <clears throat> um, Interesting note is that the cinematographer, I was doing a little bit of research, the cinematographer on this was a man named Matthew Libatique, who is like Darren Aronofsky's like go-to cinematographer. Oh, okay. So That's he's like done all of like Aronofsky's films. Um, but even though this movie has developed a cult following and has found its own, you know, big fan base today, it was at the time a commercial failure. Yeah. It only made about half of its budget, probably a little bit less than that. Um, so it was not it was not the big success that uh, I guess they were hoping for. But uh, still, you know, a great movie. And it's a very underrated movie, I think. Yeah. So I think it's pretty interesting. 
I mean, the thing is, it came out for me, it, it came out at, towards the end of my high school year. So mm. I try to sit back and think, oh, man, was did I see a lot of promotion for it? But I cannot really remember uh, much promotion for it. Maybe a few commercials here and mm. there, but not a whole lot of talk of everyone should see this movie. But, you know, critics probably also trashed it a bit perhaps you know but it's really one of those movies that's really underrated and i think deserves a little bit of reevaluation but what drew you yeah, to Josie and the pussycats <laughs> uh, in general or to, oh. to talk about it on this show oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever you feel is uh necessary well, to say to answer the question i just I just missed it in the theater and I was, I was a grown ass man. I was not <laughs> in high school. I was uh, visiting my brother and we went to the video store to get something for the evening. And uh, it was on the shelf and I was like, Oh, I wanted to see this. And I, and I missed it. So we rented it and I just loved it immediately. Bought the soundtrack as, as soon as I could. Oh, understandable. Got my own got my own uh the soundtrack apparently did a little better than the movie did (laughs) uh it was like 16th on the billboard charts and uh went gold so oh yeah there we go yeah it was it was it had some good uh bops on there so that's for sure yeah i i ended up becoming a a k hanley and letters to cleo fan because Ah, nice yeah i love letters to cleo (laughs) And uh, I've there was a time when all my stuff got stolen from a U-Haul truck. The whole truck got stolen. And the first movie that I replaced was Josie and the Pussycats. (laughs) Uh, I currently own like five copies of it. Oh, wow. Uh, A VHS, a DVD, the PG rated DVD. (laughs) <laughs> blu-ray and a digital copy as well as a cd and vinyl of the soundtrack i i just i just love every moment of this movie it's so it's funny it's beautiful the music is great yeah i definitely uh, think it was everybody in it does a really good job yeah and i think you know one of the cool things about the movie was that you know it <clears throat> it definitely has like a a commentary about that era um especially in terms the music of, in the, the industry music, but like yeah. also you know like about the music industry and like you know how you know they how the industry sort of like you know really market itself toward uh you know young people and and everything and and even sort of how you know i guess smoke and mirrors the industry can be you know in a lot of well, ways and, and manipulative <laughs> and manipulative you know yeah. and if anything it probably just goes to show you even probably how the industry is today with behind the scenes stuff we'll say that the political stuff <laughs> for you know the politicking you have to do behind the scenes to probably get your music heard get it recorded and how you're going to get it promoted and you know, you have people in suit and ties who think they kind of know better. <laughs> yeah. And it just drives wedges and in, in between relationships and stuff. So, 
Yeah. Your, so, uh, your listeners can't see this, but on the wall behind me is my shadow box oh. with uh, a picture autographed by two of the Pussycats. Oh, my gosh. Oh, pair the, heads, the headsets. Ears yeah. from the concert <laughs> at the end of the movie. Oh, I love it. A pair of stunt ears. They're oh, my God. Actually. And a, a fake ticket oh. that came. Uh, I, I backed, I crowdfunded this book, Best Movie Ever. Mm. An oral history of Deborah Kaplan and Harry Alphonse, Josie and the Pussycats by Russ Burlingame. Oh, and okay. it came with that uh that oh that my gosh fake uh concert ticket that's in that box too. So who are the two cast members that are signed? I got Rachel Lee Cook by sending her that in the mail, and then I got uh Tara Reed in person. About a year ago, I guess she was at a local yeah con con that we have here in okay. uh, West Texas. Nice. And, uh, I I getting getting uh, Rosarias is going to be a problem, <laughs> but there there is this there's this autograph company that um does signings and sells things and they will if you send them something they won't have the person sign it but they have to have something scheduled you can't just do it at any old time yeah i think i know what you're talking so about on their mailing list next time they say that Ros- rosario's i'm because i don't want to just risk putting it in the mail right so there, yeah. there was a time when i aggressively collected autographs through the mail but once that something's been signed by one person, it's a big chance sending it to a second person. <laughs> yeah. I actually met um, Rosario Dawson once. I was at a local convention here. She was, and it's where really it was a smaller show back then, but there was a lot of people that showed. Remember? Yeah, um, it's for Heroes Comic Con. Yeah. Heroes, Heroes Con. And actually, I got her autograph on, uh, oh my gosh, uh, Grindhouse poster. Because it was around the time Grindhouse was probably okay. coming out or after it came out. And she was uh, doing autographs and supporting her. Was it her cousin? She, well, no, she her had uncle? a Well, okay. So her uncle was there who's a professional comics artist named Gus Vasquez. Yes. And he was so excited because I brought up that Sunfire and Big Hero <laughs> like 6. One of his yeah. first works. But she was there because she <laughs> had like co-written a comic book That's called right. The Occult Detectives yes. or something like that. Yes. Um, so she was there sort of promoting that. And so like I remember her and her uncle Gus had they were at that big own, table. That big yeah. booth there. And she even yeah. had uh he had her come over and look at the book and everything too. But she was so nice, I have to say. Yeah, she was nice for you know that hmm. little five second encounter yeah yeah really nice yeah she took a look at it for a few minutes it was cool but now she's gone on to bigger things she's now oh gosh she's everywhere (laughs) you know just had uh yes ahsoka and haunted mansion Mansion. just came out her being these uh big tent pole things uh Uh, yeah i was i was very much god damn it now i gotta watch haunted mansion (laughs) because Rosario Dawson's in it. Uh, well, you know, it is it is a good movie. I, I you know I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. You know, it wasn't groundbreaking or anything, but it was it was good for what it was. Yeah. Is it streaming yet? Um, I think Tonight. next month. Next month oh, on yeah. on Disney. Yeah, it's got Disney a physical Plus. release coming up okay. too. So yeah. So, but it sounds like you're whatever it was that when you first saw this movie, it just completely hooked you. 
And yeah. because you got a you know, you got books, you got mo- the physical copies, different variations of that. You got the albums, soundtracks, <laughs> autographs, the mm-hmm. uh, headphones and everything. So was there something about the movie that you were just I really love this movie. This uh was there something in the story or something in the characters and do you, can you remember anything in terms of what hooked you immediately? I mean it I mean it's the whole thing all together. I mean the you know it starts off with this boy band and everybody in that is so funny. Alan Cummings is so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh the 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 uh, opening credit song is is so uh catchy. Yeah. It just really uh it really pulls you in. The girls are are beautiful and charming and fun. It's uh, it's the best thing Tara Reed's ever done. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's I the, agree. It's I the best agree. thing all of them have ever done. <laughs> sure, I really think yeah. it's the best thing all of them have done. But Tara, in particular, is just um, you know she gets a lot of shit, but she is perfectly suited to this part. Oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, sure. yeah. yeah. And, and she they commits have a... to it a hundred percent, and she does a really good job. Yes, and they have a, a great chemistry in this movie. All three of them, mm-hmm. you definitely yeah. believe the characters from what was on the page and onto the screen they they really bring it i think and then like you said there was really good performances from like alan cumming oh my god that man was hilarious i always me and uh chad we actually we always quote josephine i am running a record company (laughs) (laughs) that's one of my something about when he just when he calls her josephine i just (laughs) i love that moment Uh, that had to be like a uh, like a um what do you call it? like a uh, improv moment. It had to you be think like so? It had, it had to be. <laughs> he this is peak Alan Cumming. This was a, a time when he was just everywhere, showing yeah. up in everything, and he is just. Uh, it's my understanding that Parker Posey didn't quite get it at first, and Alan told her something like, "Well, just just have fun. It's just fun. Just." Right. Yeah, it's it's, it's, it's just almost a silly kind of a thing. Farce just have fun in a way. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy because you know, uh, she is so good. She's a great actress mm-hmm. and very funny. Just has great comedic timing. Um, so it's kind of interesting to hear that she had a little bit of difficulty with it at first until it was like, no, just have fun. Because <laughs> yeah. she just seems like someone that would not take it necessarily too serious. But I guess mm-hmm. maybe she got stuck in her head at, at one. Point. Yeah, I think she was trying to act. <laughs> you know, trying to work out her motivation and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And he's like, just relax and have a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all it is. Uh I I love Missy Pyle in it. Her yeah. her line about what uh, her line about uh I'm here because I was in the comic book. Just oh yeah. Brilliant. Just love it. Which is, you know, it's Love befitting it. because, I mean, obviously this is based off the Archie comics. Yes. Um, yeah. Books, Josie and the Pussycats. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And I probably first, one of the first Archie property to get a, uh, it was the first Archie property and, and the only one really to get a theatrical film. Oh, wow. I guess you're right. I guess, yeah, right, I mean, I guess exactly. the rest of them have always been like TV 
TV adaptations. Yeah. yeah, been a number of cartoons. There's been attempts at a live action Archie, and then there was the Riverdale yeah. atrocity that I, I just <laughs> I didn't care for at all. The thing is, you can. I've got um, Archie comics where they'll put Archie in different situations. Mm-hmm. They made Archie a superhero. They've turned the whole gang into zombies. Yeah. Yep. They've had Archie go up against the Punisher <laughs> and Sharknado. <laughs> and Predator. <laughs> but Archie has Ar- yes, and Predator. But Archie has to stay Archie. No matter where where he is, what he's doing, he needs to be Archie. Mm. And that that's how it works. And when Riverdale had Archie having an affair with Mrs. Grundy, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not Archie. It took you him completely out. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this isn't. This is not Archie. This you you messed up. You can have Archie be serious, and they've done an Archie comic that uh, you know. There's a current one or a recent one that's done in a more modern style of illustration and a modern style of storytelling, and and uh, just has a slightly more serious tone well a less gag oriented tone right to it uh where it's ongoing stories rather than just one or two page jokes uh but he's still archie and he still behaves like archie and everybody else is still doing what they what they do yeah and that's that's fine uh it's great it's great even but you can't have him act out of character and (laughs) having him have an affair with it not okay. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think I made it through one episode of that show and I shut it down. <laughs> no problem. Dominic's like, I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, you, you've explained your love for the film. And um, so, I got to ask this one question here, and it's probably going to be hard to answer, maybe. Everybody so, always has a hard time with it. I, th- I think yeah. so, too. I, yeah. So if there was a sequel or a prequel that was to be made, what would you like to see in it? Oh, I don't have a hard time with that at all. It's got to be <laughs> Joseph and the Pussycats in outer space. Oh, <laughs> that's what you got to do. Man, that was a very... So, some of your, I don't know if you're... I don't, I don't know how old your audience is in general. They may not be aware, but there was a cartoon, Josie and the Pussycats in outer space. There was... A Josie and the Pussycats cartoon, and then they made a second one, Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space. Uh, I don't know if it was the same company, but there was also Partridge Family in 22,000 AD. So the idea oh, wow. of <laughs> taking a band and putting them <laughs> in a setting. Oh, I love it already. Uh, it's been done. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, and they these recent comics I was talking about. They did a Josie and the Pussycats in Outer Space comic, and, and it, like Josie and the Pussycats meet Alien. Oh gosh! Can I mean, you it's imagine? not really Alien, but it's a it's a it's a space body horror comic, <laughs> right? right. That's wild. In outer space. That is very wild. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Yeah. I so love that, the idea. That's absolutely what I would do. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I don't know. And the thing is, I don't know if the comic, I mean, the cartoon, I don't know if it really addresses, I think they're just getting on a rocket, but they're going to other planets and stuff. Mm. So I don't know if I would uh, 
set it in the future or have them supposed to be going to space station and get knocked off course. I don't know what the exact plot would be, but you could just, they're in outer space. Don't worry about it. Or they could just just abduct it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, kind of like a galaxy quest where they just just abduct it and then boom, they got to save the universe (laughs) with their music or something. Yeah. But that's another part. Another thing about this movie, they, they are dealing with a nefarious plot because that's what happens in the cartoon. Yeah. Some bad guy that they have to deal with. And, uh, even though this movie is a, a little more grounded than a cartoon, not a lot. Uh, they, uh, they're still foiling a uh, evil scheme. And I, I appreciate that. Absolutely. Uh, another thing I want to mention is the, uh, the product placement. That's not actual product placement. A lot of people apparently at the time didn't get it. They didn't understand that that was part of the joke. Oh, well, Almost every scene has now. some kind of corporate logo or product mm-hmm. placement in it, and it's making fun of that practice. And they didn't actually get paid for any of that. They had to get permission to do it. And some people actually watch this movie and think that they've sold out. Right. <laughs> that it's actual it's actual product placement. Oh my gosh. That's like kind of going. Um, I can see that now. That makes a lot of sense because mm-hmm. it's making it sort of meta and some because the whole thing is also making fun of about oh here's how we get people to buy stuff and this is how we promote stuff blah 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 and but it's taking all those other things and putting it in there for the sake of being like (laughs) this is what they do this is what they do bye 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 Mm -hmm. so yeah i see what you're saying that's really cool to know i that part i did not know at all sir but if the you had them in outer space and you're imagining them doing their concerts if you will who do you see in at least in the role of the band excuse me i'm sorry you you broke up a little bit there oh i was saying uh with the the band in outer space as you were imagining who would you see in the role of the band members if you were to cast it, oh, so you want me to you want me to recast it? Oh, if you're able with to, people now. If you're able, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I knew you were going to ask this, so I did. And this one's did a, a hard quick question. Google. Too. Oh. I just googled young a- <laughs> look googled young actresses, and and picked a few because I knew you were going to ask this. I would go with Sophia Lillis as uh, Josie. Nice, and. L. Fanning as uh, Melody. Okay. And Kiersey Clemens as Val. Wow. Okay. That's like a good, it. that's a good, tr- I can see that. I like I can it. see that. Yeah. I think you're probably <laughs> one of the only people we've had on this show that's come on to be able to like recast somebody into a role. At least that me and Chad is interviewed. Yeah. At least so. we, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I do like, I'd like, I like that choice. I like those choices. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't, I, 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 I wouldn't recast it, but I knew that was a question you were going to ask. So I, (laughs) who you were prepared, sir, you did the assignment. (laughs) So in that case, oh, and uh, uh, Millie Bobby Brown as Alexandra. Okay. Oh, that would be. There we go. Yeah. Excuse me. Gosh, sorry. 
my cat was all over me earlier today. Um, so in that case, then just to kind of wrap everything up on this movie here, but why would you recommend to someone to see this movie? Or why should someone? Or why they should see it? Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, you should watch it right now. And if you have watched it, you should watch it again. It's (laughs) (laughs) it's like that old. there was an old commercial. Uh, how long has it been since you had a bowl of Wolf Brand chili? <laughs> well, partner, that's too long. So, how long has it been since you watched Josie and the Pussycats? That is too long. It's. I mean, you're gonna have a good time. You're gonna be surprised. You know, I've convinced people to watch this movie, and they were like, "Oh, that was that was better than I thought." I don't know that any of them have come away loving it as much as I do, but they all are certainly pleasantly surprised. It's not at all what they expect. I'm not sure what they expect, but uh, they're they're always they're always surprised and glad that they right. watched it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. It's funny. It's got great music. Um, it's also it's a just it's, it's a smart movie for what it is. It really, you is. know, like yeah. you know when yeah. you see it, you may not think it, but it is. It's it's a very smart film. It's got some. It's got layers to it. It does. Yeah, and, the, and the, ultimately, the, it's. Uh, it's a movie about friendship and that's yes, always nice. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, the quirkiness is intentional. So people just have to somehow grip hold of that. Yeah. And then the other thing I like about it too, is that in a way it's a, it's a good time capsule yeah. for back in that yes. time. And where, cause we were coming out of the nineties yep. coming into this new millennium, new decade, new century, if you will. So seeing the fashions, the styles of back then it's, pretty wild yeah because i can remember some <laughs> yeah. of you know a lot of that on yeah and all but <laughs> but it's great and it fits the movie so perfectly yeah. for especially back then and it definitely shows you about what was to come i think in terms of just maybe the entertainment industry and mm-hmm. especially with the music industry because it it's still i think very prevalent today yeah but yeah. um and it's really it's really critiquing and and satire satirizing all of that stuff while it's still happening it's right in the middle of it right it's not uh looking back at it they're really aware of what is going on in that moment and are uh critiquing it thanks which is not always an easy thing to do yeah (laughs) exactly all right well um dominic won't you go ahead and um Tell people, um, just again, replug, you know, your show and where they can find you um, so they can listen to your ongoings about uh, kaiju movies. Yeah. Especially what. So you can find. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You can find us at MMFTG.com. That stands for Monster Movie Fun Time Go. MMFTG.com. That has links to all our stuff. You can listen to the show directly on there, or you can find links to us on all the major podcast services and probably some of the minor podcast services. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash MMFTG. We do some early release stuff there and some ad-free stuff, but we also do some patron exclusives. Right now, we are making our way through the lyrics to the song Science Fiction Double Feature from Rocky Horror Picture oh, Show. I love it. Oh and we are t- talking about each of the movies that is referenced Ooh. in that song. 
Oh, that's a good Although, one. Yes, that's a good one. <laughs> there's a few of them where we've already done the movie. Mm-hmm. so we had to do something else for example <laughs> uh, we'll be releasing soon we had already done tarantula mm. oh good so yeah. the line is i know leo g carroll was over a barrel when tarantula took to the hills so what we had to do was take a look at leo g carroll's sitcom topper in which he interacts with two ghosts on a regular basis Wow. It's the <laughs> only other thing he's done that is at all genre related. That is uh, amazing. When man. came time to do King Kong, of course, we had already done King Kong. So we did uh, Most Dangerous Game, which also uh, has something going wrong for Fay Ray and wow. was filmed yeah. at the same time that they filmed King Wow. And Most Dangerous Game at Night. Wow. on on the same sets use the same jungle sets yeah. <laughs> so we had to make a few substitutions for movies that we'd already covered yeah um the flash gordon episode in particular is one of my favorites nice oh my uh, gosh i got to introduce honeybee to flash gordon she was not previously <laughs> familiar nice and we watched we watched a little bit of many versions of flash gordon for that one nice oh, so man. that's that's what we're doing right now. Nice. And we'll move on to some other patron exclusive once we've finished with that. Awesome. Sounds great. All right, Chris, uh, where can people oh, yeah. find you? So people can find me on Instagram at Xtofer of Oz. You can find me on Twitter at CBC Monkey. Um, I'm on Letterboxd, but of course, like I always say, go to Chad or Josh's Letterbox and you can find me there. But otherwise, uh, Chad, where can people find you in the I'm actually nowhere online. <laughs> uh, people can't find me. But what you can do is you can find your next favorite movie podcast online. Uh, the best place to to find, of course, all of our socials are the same, at YNFM Potter, something like that. Yes. Anyway, You're right go to the link tree. The link tree is the best one. It's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash YNF movie pod. And you can find all of our socials there. You can find all of our platforms there. And uh, so, yeah, until next time, we'll see you. And thank you, Dominic. You have a good one, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me.